0: So, in today's episode of Beyond Wellbeing, Daryl and I have the pleasure to explore our insights from the Workplace Wellness Festival 2020.
1: Beyond Wellbeing, leading a thriving, generative and conscious workplace culture, with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. Alrighty, so we're hopping into it today. And you've done some amazing uh, notes, Lena, uh, over the course of the two-day festival. And you generated something like, what's it? You've got you've numbered them all and there's what, about 30, 40 of them?
0: Yes, yeah, something like that. I have not <laughs> lost count, but uh, I, it was so rich. I just could not stop taking uh, notes. And uh, it was really funny to actually draw little characters and... Uh, and just uh, jolt my memory with uh, cartoon bubbles of uh, the best things that they had said.
1: That's brilliant. And um, look, it's going to be quite exciting as we kind of work our way through this. Now we're not quite sure how many um, how many of the talks we're going to get through in each episode. So we'll just we we'll just see how that goes. Um, but let's let's start off with the first one. Now that was uh, that was a. Uh, a really powerful kind of opening keynote from an important Australian, really.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Commissioner Shane Fitzsimmons, who uh, was a legend, actually, as a firefighter.
1: Yes, we all kind of remember him from... um, Crikey, it was only at the beginning of the year he came uh, as a a very strong leader and a very compassionate leader um, as we kind of heard him uh, kind of talk to the state, uh, New South Wales in particular, around the, the issues with the fires and how to manage them, how to stay safe, and um, yeah, we, we could see um, there, was, there was such heart from him, in him. And it, now he's taken on this new role, which um, sounds pretty amazing too, especially when we start looking at this whole topic around wellbeing in workplaces. And, you know, even well-being in our state.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I think that uh, more than ever, we need great leadership. And uh, um, I really love the fact that he also spoke about authenticity because, as you know, I promote that in my macro leaders model. Yes. And he definitely embodies the type of leader I would call a macro leader.
1: Yeah. He, he has sure. a... a Like such a a trustworthy kind of um, presence, doesn't he? Like you can you can tell that what he says he means, and there's no kind of fluffy words covering anything up. He's not trying to spin anything. However, he's presenting is around what is what is truth for him at that time, and what's the best thing to say.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we need people like that to just remind us to remain connected despite the social distancing, that, that idea that, yes, we are in this together and uh, collectively we can find solutions that none of us can find on their own.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a big thing. So what was, what was your big thing that, like, if there was one thing that you would take away from his presentation or his time at the conference here? I reckon you've got it in the headline even.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, as I said, we are in this together. But I think that um, this other bubble that I had was more than surviving. We need to adapt and thrive in these challenging times. And for me, that's also the main point in in well-being, that it's not just about being free from disease, but it is about flourishing and thriving and, and becoming everything that you can be.
1: Yeah. And, and you're right, like, because it can, we can get this negative mentality uh, when we come into challenging circumstances, but there's a way there always is a flip side, isn't there? There's a mirror, like it's like, there's another face to whatever challenge goes on and Mm -hmm. the way that we can look at that. um, Yeah. Can, can determine how we proceed. And, um, I suppose that's a big thing about resilience in that point of view, isn't it? <laughs> Just being able to go, well, you know, um that's the whole what's it uh life sometimes tosses us lemons, so let's make some lemonade kind of things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. No, I think that's uh, that's absolutely beautiful to uh to remember that. And uh, speaking of that, the next talk was actually a highly spiritual one and a very inspiring one as well with um, Golden Cairns from uh, Woolworths and Origin Energy and his daughter, Debbie, from still Yeah, and
1: that's, that's interesting. Like it, it's been titled here uh, Meditation for Corporates. And um, that's kind of interesting because I suppose in the – as, or In the previous generations of the kind of tough bloke culture and the the men's club and everything, the idea of meditations and corporations and, you know, boards around big tables doesn't seem to uh, be something that goes together.
0: Yeah, I remember almost a decade ago when uh, Wake Up Sydney and Jonah Fisher had um, invited uh, huge organizations in uh, Australia to come to a forum called uh, Mindful Leadership. And uh, he presented uh, the cover of Time Magazine at the time, which was uh, about the new revolution, which was meditation in the workplace. And that was really led by Google with their Search Inside Yourself program. I think that it gave organizations almost that stamp of approval. So say yeah, it's they, it's a,
1: a, a bit, bit of yeah,
0: as well. Yeah
1: now well, it it is a in some ways i imagine for many organizations there would still be some sort of challenge in the culture of the time to to of even now to to bring in um, a different practice into the workplace but i suppose it doesn't you know what we're talking about here doesn't have to happen in the workplace it's a it's a skill that that can be used anywhere
0: Yes, you're right. Like I can, I guess it can just inform the individual practice so that they turn up to work uh, with that capacity to pause and reflect or to not be triggered by uh, little things and um, to have the beginner's mind and that willingness to discover what's uh, in front of them. So, um, you yeah, know, I thought that the, the conversation was uh was a really really a good one and I I enjoyed um, Gordon's uh, quotes um, whether actually my favorite one was uh, that when you see a man beating a dog you feel sorry for the man and the dog so um, yeah for me that extends that that compassion and that uh, non-judgment ability to really see the pain in, uh, in the perpetrator as well as in the victim.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's pretty deep. and <laughs> That's good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, I suppose from Gordon's point of view and, uh, and, and integrating this or bringing this to his uh, workplace cultures, Did he speak to that at all on, on, on how that would be, you know, what's, what's some of the other ways of of communicating that or to, or, I don't know, allowing that into the culture?
0: Well, the only thing that I have uh, got from that was that if you get a culture where people care, there is nothing that they cannot achieve.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, I see that you've got a stat from um, Debbie there as well, just looking at um, mental health issues. And it's um, saying there, Debbie's saying about 3 million Australians are suffering from mental health issues. And, and I, I, there's got to be so much flow on. I think we've talked about this before, but how the flow on from um, a difficult home life. Um, it, it, it flows into the workplace and vice versa. If you've got a difficult workplace, that's going to flow into your home life as well. So it's going to, it's going to raise that kind of stress bubble that's uh, sometimes yeah. encompassing us. So this, this ability, ability to be able to take a break, to let go of thoughts that no longer are serving us is, um, is such a, a key point to that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Which takes us to the next uh, talk by uh, Professor Matri- Patrick McGorry um, on protecting our mental health and mitigating the fallout from the pandemic. Um, so yeah, he said that uh, that job keeper and job seeker were a bit like sandbanks, like that were the first things to do to actually really uh, protect us. and uh, we, if we if we remove that um, there will be a fallout to the cliff um, so yeah. that um, we were lucky to have it it really came up at the right time to really help people with these challenging times but it seems that Australians are not ready to see it taken away.
1: For sure I, and I'm right in the middle of that now I've um, been in a place where I've had a contract and some sort of employment and that's been reduced right down and it's actually the only reason that I still have some of this contract is because of JobKeeper so as soon as that's over um yeah I don't have a position there either <laughs> mm. and interestingly yeah, anyway so that's that kind of thing
0: so the next one uh, was the talk by uh, Mariam Vezadeh on uh, Rethinking Privilege. So, um, she, she spoke about this idea of uh, the affinity bias, the fact that we want to be around people that are just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how that basically makes us forget that uh, with this Corona pandemic, we are not affected in the same way.
1: Yes, that different people groups and um, different people from different parts of society will be affected differently. Is that that's basically what you're saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, and I think this is this is a big thing again. That privilege there is. You know, we, we've seen it so much. Uh, even with the Black Lives Matter stuff and things around that, that this is, for white people, um, there is this kind of, we don't know how privileged um, a white person really is, because it's kind of, we're talking about it inside inside the bowl, inside the goldfish bowl. It's sort of like the goldfish doesn't know they're in water, until they're out of water. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's kind of a challenge, isn't it, for um, for, for us in, in various ways that we might be experiencing privilege to be able to associate with others and especially associate with those who um, are n- not, as you say, in that affinity, affinity group so that we can get some perspective on... Um, on the perhaps, I was going to say blessings. That's not even right. But the privilege that we do have in different areas.
0: That's right, indeed. Yeah. Then we had the plenary panel, which uh, brought back uh, together uh, Mariam Vezadé uh, with, day with uh, Professor Patrick McBoley and um, and Sophie Scott from ABC, and. Um, they were discussing the um, this idea of creating conditions for people to thrive. People
1: that is awesome. Yeah, that is brilliant. And we so need that, don't we? We need to kind of work out rather as like this. Probably the premise behind a lot of um, the work we're doing on this podcast, but is to kind of um, look for. Let's not just tick boxes and 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 get people. Uh, neutral, but let's let's work out how we can uh, how we can create conditions where people can thrive, where we have incredible creativity, where we have innovation just coming out the wazoo, because we've got teams of people just working their best, being their best with each other, and uh, enjoying their lives.
0: <laughs> Indeed, and people want purpose and meaning. It just comes out survey after survey. People want to love the work they're doing. They, they, they love to have an idea that they're contributing to something that's bigger than them, that uh, they feel valued, that they feel safe, that they feel like that they can um, relate to their colleagues and, uh, and they feel completely accepted for who they are. So diversity and inclusion is more important than, than ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to see that. Um, what have you got there? A little line there that says compassionate, kind people in positions of authority. Mm. That's, it's again, this is one of those things I, I'm, I get a little bit not scared. That's the wrong word, but, but when we're talking with leaders so often, I, I have a presupposition that that's leaders in high positions are, hard asses, you know, and, um, but I know that that is actually not going to serve them well to be that way in terms of the overall performance of an enterprise or whatever, but in fact it is the compassionate and the connected leader who's going to make so much different um, in the energy of their enterprise and in the outputs in, in, in effect after that,
0: yeah. Indeed. and, um, and so, that,
1: yeah. yeah, since their change will set you free, yes,
0: I guess that Patrick McGorry said that because the idea is that if we keep reinventing ourselves rather than staying in rigid uh, positions and structures, if we are bringing healthy innovation, that's what helps us to adapt and change and match i guess. Um, the flow of um, these challenging times.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's brilliant. Very good thinking there.
0: And then we're moving to number six, which was um, making wellness breaks an essential part of corporate culture. And that was with Tony, the lead. And, And that was great because Tony had sponsored what he calls the wello, which is uh, the which were the wellness breaks we were getting yes. at the conference, but he also wants to coin the term wello as the new smoker. So, smoker, uh,
1: yes, because it was always the smoker,
0: and, and
1: he it was interesting because I, I can remember he acknowledged that there was a benefit to the smoker in terms of. I don't know, uh, was it connection, but also the fact that there was a pause in the day. So so here we go. This is an up-leveling of the smoker, for sure.
0: Yes, definitely. And uh, it was great that he he mentioned how versatile conference rooms can become, especially now, in where a lot of people are going to work remotely. So I believe that there will be less employees in uh, in the workplace, so the, the conference room can also be used to have active classes such as yoga or meditation uh, classes. Um, but he also spoke about having massage chairs or wellness pods, uh, potentially even infrared saunas. Should <laughs> be quite
1: yes. Uh, and that's, he he's um, he's got a number of products, hasn't he? So. So, and it's very creative <coughs> in how to actually make physical the culture of um, taking a break, because sometimes we like to do things, or we like to sit in things, or we like, and then we it kind of is a way that we can change our state in some ways, where you can actually sit in a chair, or you can do something. This is what it looks like to be taking a break. And that kind of gives a cue then to the mind that the mind can take a break as well.
0: Indeed. Um, And then the next talk was by Sally Phillips, who is the general manager uh, of health services at TAL. And she spoke about developing a holistic wellbeing program.
1: And that was in, in the workplace for sure so that's a that's a big a big deal and when you talk about holistic that's not just a, a mental health thing that's a, a physical health thing and i suppose a workplace health thing in lots of ways w- there are a number of components to that that she saw
0: yeah because what she mainly saw was that uh, eap so employee assistance program are uh, not really used by the employees and can see why. A uh, lot of my friends say that they find them quite bureaucratic and, uh, and inefficient. Um, so her main message was to make sure that you address people's needs. So um, one needs that people have is uh, better ways to delineate their work life from their private life. Right. Uh, so how to really relate better to their partners as well, or how to take care of their kids uh, when they need to be working from home with kids around. So it is all about facilitating uh, education, especially education around financial well-being, which is becoming a big thing um, in these times of economic recession. Mm. But it can also be about mental health training or resilience, uh, helping, People remember to look after themselves, whether it's through physical exercise or nutrition or needs.
1: Yeah, because that does have a, a big impact, doesn't it? The, um, our physical presence at work. if we're, And this is something that um, I Malcolm said the other week. He was just talking about the power of nutrition. When we have, when we are, um, got all the right nutrients in our bodies and we're not weighed down by, Excessive carbohydrates or sugar, or and we're you know we're feeling energized because we have um, done enough energy to be able to create. So we've done enough exercise to create energy in us. Um, it can make so much difference to how we turn up in the workplace.
0: Indeed, absolutely. Yes, which takes us to the next uh, panel, which was about uh, how do we support people's well being during red disruption.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and <coughs> for that uh, talk, um, the panelists were um, Lucas Finch from uh, Sydney Water and uh, Sue Langley from the Langley Group. We had uh, Megan Barsley, uh, who is an emotional well-being specialist at the uh, Lifestyle Retreat. We had Chanel Nessie, who is the psychological health and safety leader at BUCA. And then uh, Ian Westmoreland, the founder and chairman of uh, Mentoring Men.
1: Right. And they had some conclusions,
0: I would take it?
1: Or some key yeah. points that
0: they were making, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely, this idea of encouraging people to take time out. Right. I think that we're all overworked, and it's actually really hard to uh, for people to remember to pause and also to get away from their on the screens. So. Yeah. Um, creating well-being moments or making sure that people have more positive moments than negative ones was a big thing that they were promoting and of course taking people out in nature Uh, but also having micro moves uh, just even like from time to time and and that was an advice given even at the conference like to not hesitate to stand up you know in between uh, talks. Mm. Remembering that you can just do shakes or style jumps or whatever you need to actually just making sure that you're, you're staying alert and refreshed. Yeah. Um, but also from an emotional point of view, making sure that it's easy for people to be vulnerable and to reach out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it is, it is this whole point of connecting. And uh, I know um, a few of the, the speakers mentioned this um, but but just sometimes watching our language when we're um, connecting with people, I think one of the statements. This is Dennis Young, so we will come up to him later. But he he talked about saying instead of how are you, um, it's actually he changed it to um, how do you how are you feeling. So it's kind of starts you um, thinking about. Yeah, emotions as opposed to just, you know, <laughs> I'm standing up. I must be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a kind of a, just a different way of connecting. Just these small
0: things can make a difference. Yeah. And speaking about people with challenges, the talk number nine was about supporting those with health and well-being challenges. Right. And was was... Um, Held by uh, Tanya Howard, um, who is the health, safety, and well being business partner at the Iconic, and Katrina Walton, the founder and director of Wellness Designs. And uh, yeah, uh, what I got out of that was uh, you need to earn trust and establish safety before you do anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a that is a big thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's almost like in, in any scenario, when you're engaging with somebody, um, the, the whole trust aspect, especially when we're starting to talk about our humanity more and perhaps even in this particular area, uh, our frailties as humans, then, um, then we have to create that safe place Um, It's so essential. Um, Yeah, there's no (laughs) – because if we're scared of something and we're in our fight-or-flight mode, we're not going to go anywhere near it.
0: Absolutely. Then uh, talk number 10 was uh, awareness and prevention of chronic disease through workplace testing. And uh, that was by Belinda Whittle, the chief scientific officer at My Health Test. Okay, and uh,
1: so okay, so so through testing, so just being aware of some of the chronic diseases that can happen, to keep on top of that um, by testing. That was the kind of the premise of her presentation.
0: Yeah, that's right. Especially because diabetes is uh, the biggest uh, growing um, chronic illness in Australia. We have one point two million Australians who are already affected by um, diabetes. So, um, yeah, right. Have early detection and uh, make the right lifestyle changes. That's what can reduce the risk.
1: Yeah, and and I see there's a yeah there's a whole bunch of the risks there that are kind of listed off that are that are common lifestyle factors around smoking and um we've got obesity and yes you're talking about the diet the high blood pressure and um those sorts of things that they, they well i know already out of um those that I've, <laughs> I've probably got two or three uh things that i might be uh you know suffering from right now but um yeah but that's a, that is a, a challenge it's not and i know as well that being able to monitor that, um, having an easy way to be able to just check in on how I'm doing, especially if I've if I am trying to do something different, or if I'm tr- you know if, if I'm looking to be healthier, then um, some sort of measurement on that would be, give me um, plenty of encouragement. Or you know, if I think I'm doing well and I'm not, then it you know gives me that extra little push.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. The next talk um, was the health hazards of too much sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you sitting too much?
1: Yeah, well, I'll, just, uh, I'll just stand up for a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this talk was with Professor David Dunstan, who is the head physical activity from uh, his head physical activity lab at the uh, Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute and Associate Professor Genevieve Healy, uh, the Principal Research Fellow at the University of Queensland. And uh,
1: that is, a, it's a, it is a pretty big deal. Like I, I, I suppose we don't think about it much, but um, when we probably look at uh, a huge percentage of the workforce um, have office jobs. And when, you know, when, especially in, even in this remote working age, of the current times, um, we're sitting in front of a computer. Um, yeah, we've got a we've got a problem, haven't we?
0: we <laughs> just in that
1: kind of sedentary um, setup.
0: Yeah, that's right. In that um, drawing, I inserted um, the one of the talks that came after because it's related to the same topic, and it's by Alan Boyd. And he says, uh, don't sit comfortably. Um, yeah, okay. He also says that um, comfort is subjective and comfort is the enemy. So we may want to go for the soft, comfy chair, but it actually is not necessarily good for us, fine, to, to be sitting in that. So he, he, of course, suggests to use economic chairs and, um, and uh, look at um, how much your muscles are working, like the idea... Yeah. Is- you, you want to have your spine erect and at the right position not in a suit shape and uh, saying that i'm starting to <laughs> <laughs> change but, your position, uh, change position. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: no i i mean i i can see that that would be a big deal my um my <clears throat> i watch i've got that set up in the in the, the health thing that always talks and it covers off a little bit of what we were talking about before, but every hour it wants me to get up and stand up for a couple of minutes and um, um, move around. And it gives me a little hurrah after a minute or two to say, yeah, you've done it. <laughs> and then it was another 12, one, 12 of those that it's trying to get me to do a day. But, it, yeah, it is a big thing. It's like, um, and we have now more of that use of um, stand-up desks um, you can stand at and that kind of thing. I'm not sure I'd be a fan of that because I can remember when I worked in a shop and I was standing up eight hours a day and boy, when I got home, my, my feet were killing me. <laughs> so um, helps to have a, I suppose, a mixture of um, postures and ways to work, isn't it? Yeah. Use your muscles. Very good.
0: Indeed. So the next talk was: uh, Will remote working become the new normal? Say uh-huh. the Calderón.
1: And he's got a, a new word, uh, flexism.
0: That's right. Yes. <coughs> yes. Well, the new generation is a bit extreme in in their desire for for flexibility. So, uh, so I guess that's why the, the term flexism was um, was coined. It's just extremism of wanting everything to be. Highly adaptable and uh, customized to, to people's needs.
1: Yeah, that was it. Is a big thing. Like I know, with with the the current pandemic, um, there has been a, a whole lot more. Uh, one would call perhaps generosity by employers mm-hmm. in in allowing people to decide whether they felt safe in. Um, the, the standard office workspace, or whether that was becoming an, an, an unsafe place to travel to or whatever, but similarly you make the point there that um, that home is not a safe place for everyone either, so it, for some people that doesn 't work at all
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, there was another talk later on in the festival about domestic violence, and uh, we had Libby Davis. Uh, from White Ribbon, uh, spoke on day two about that. It's actually really sad what's happening in Australia. And I hope that collectively we can address a social issue.
1: Yes, yeah. So was there a was there a result with this one? The remote working. Will it become the new normal? Was that answered in this? Or maybe maybe that is it. It's just going to be flexible.
0: I think that's going to be a big question for all of us to keep pondering upon and and living. Okay. Um, well, yeah. but I mean, the trends are definitely going in that direction. It definitely looks like we're going to. Be... Yes, yeah,
1: it's just probably just accelerated something a little bit, hasn't it? Really,
0: yeah.
1: in, you know, in terms of something that was happening already, but now it's it's kind of got this jump start, and people are working out because uh, um, I know for my wife, they've been working in an office and traveling to an office. Uh, and thought that they needed an office to do their work. There's only two of them in the office. Um, but uh, for the last five, six months, they've now been working out of, of their homes and um, they're kind of loving it. And they've worked out that they don't actually really need to be in a in an office space at all, uh, which was always a challenge. It was a, It's a non-profit. And um, the challenge was always to find a space and then try not to have to pay rent for it, you know. (laughs) And now they've almost worked out a way to do that. And it's now kind of more legitimate than it ever was.
0: That's amazing. So the next talk was uh, The Art of Stress Resilience in Times of Crisis. And it was held by Sharon Koika from uh, Wingana. And I really liked her model of uh, the red zone, the blue zone and the purple zone. Um, So the red zone is uh, the zone that we can get in when when we're in fight or flight, basically, when we react, when we feel overwhelmed. And um, the opposite of that is when we are in our sympathetic nervous system and can access the blue zone, which is uh, rest and repair and recover and recharge. And in the middle of both, she mentioned that. Um, we can spend some time in the purple zone, which is the zone of good communication and self-management, a place where we can regulate our emotions and when we can choose one thought over another.
1: Nice. That is awesome. Mm. Very good. And so so I suppose part of that is being aware of at any time of which zone we're in. <laughs>
0: That's right, indeed, absolutely, yes, and be able to step back uh, and make a choice rather than being overwhelmed by your emotions. So the importance of noticing your self-dialogue, I guess, is key.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that is amazing. Well, look, we've got through um, 14 of the talks. I think we've got another pretty close to that again um, for day one we might pick this up in our very next episode, what do you riffing Lena?
0: That sounds like a very good idea. You've been listening to Beyond Wellbeing
1: with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku.
2: Just so you know we're um, continuing to work on our audio technology and our recording uh, events so that quality will continue to improve as my voice will also continue to improve as I get over this little cough cold not COVID but anyway and uh, the um, the great content's still going to keep coming in our next episodes so um, please uh, subscribe and share this uh, uh, well-being uh, podcast to anyone that you know can benefit from this and we just want to get the word out there about that and uh, if you'd like to check us out you can check us on our own LinkedIn profiles and uh, also uh, if you're looking to see uh a bit more of uh, Lena's work, you can go over to macroleaders.com.au and uh, to see what I'm getting up to a little bit, you can go to upsidedownleader.com which takes you to uh, a little Facebook group that I'm running and uh, yeah, you'll get a bit more of an insight into the sorts of work that we're involved in. Alright, see you next time.